Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hello. Folks, welcome, welcome. It's me, the Grill Economist. I am with my main man, El Kuko himself, bringing you the news, the views, and all the information important to you. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app. I mean, everything from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, where everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. Uh, exciting stuff. Anyway, lots of good things. Uh, yeah, lots of great things, Siege. I can't complain. I can't complain. I heard uh, one of the uh, companies um, that uh, I'm a uh, an investor in, and uh, a few of my friends who are also invested in it from a few years back, uh, big things are around the corner for them. Dude, they're going to be the largest liquid immersion cooled mining operation on the entire planet. They're just won a major contract. Nice. Yes. Quarter of a billion dollars being deployed. Quarter of a billion dollars being deployed. Next gen mining rigs, over 22,000 of them, liquid cooled immersion technology in the right jurisdictions. It's going to be insane, man. So sweet. Excited. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, technological things that are happening within crypto, which uh, I'll say that for another show. A lot of exciting things. In fact, I'm going to have the CEO of that organ, the COO of that organization, come on and uh, and share with uh, with what's happening in the next next generation of of uh, of crypto, next generation of mining, and uh, what coins are hot and what are they what they're going to be doing. So it's going to be really cool. Uh, apart from that, siege. Uh, what else is there to celebrate? It's another day. Uh, the weather's beautiful outside. The weather's nice. beautiful. Yeah, it's a little bit chilly, but at least we have some sunshine. As long uh, as we, we did... get tornadoes, bro, I'm happy. <laughs> no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. We did get some some good news coming out of federal court. Uh, they they finally struck down the illegal airline mask mandate, which I know yep. a lot of people were celebrating that yesterday. Uh, apparently, there were a few airlines who mid-flight, once they got the information, uh, granted permission to go ahead and and remove mask and and I guarantee you those people who work in that industry probably begging for it they're they're like you know what this can make our, our life so much easier we can breathe easier we can we can actually communicate with people so so I think I think that's a win especially if you're you're you know your business and you have to travel quite a bit um, you know it's just a pain in the ass to always yeah, like carry no more... a bag of chips or drink and you yeah. know pull your mask down pretend like you're eating or drinking the entire flight it's so stupid <laughs> it's so stupid it needs to stop me it's absolute nonsense I'm glad it's over with and you got manginas that are out there crying, Siege. You have manginas that are out there just just crying and they can't take it anymore because because of what's what well, you know, because of this whole mass mandate uh coming to an end. Well, I mean, and the cool thing is, is that you know, they can wear one if they choose to do so. Just don't expect yeah. everyone else to, right? If they feel Absolutely. that their their health is is better or if you know, maybe they're immune compromised, whatever the reason, if they feel that they need to wear it, then wear it. No one's telling yep. you not to. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, look at this man, China. This is, this is Dr. Jeremy Forst, MD, MS. 
Hi, United. When I brought my tickets for me, my wife, who's pregnant, and our unvaccinated four-year-old, I assumed you would continue to have a mask mandate. Now you cancel it, and we'll have to board our return flight on no-mask-required policy. <laughs> Thanks so much. A man-gina like this. This man-gina. Look at him. Oh, Look at him. Dear Lord. Yeah. Hold on, I'm putting in my Where have all the men gone, V? Mangina's like this does not do not deserve to have a wife, do not deserve to have children, do not deserve to have families. You know, men like this uh, 2,000 years ago were, were involuntarily castrated and thrown into a, into a wheat field somewhere. That's what... Uh, <laughs> I was so scared. It was flaming fruitcake, man. Sickening. It's absolutely sickening. Yeah, so I think that was a, that was a solid solid win. And again, I think it's just kind of you know paving the way a lot. There was some speculation in regards to you know concern that hey, you know what they're going to potentially ramp up heading to the midterms because they understand it's going to be just a a nightmare for for the Dems v uh, that they they were thinking about. Hey, listen, maybe they will implement some type of 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 lockdown or whatever to try to attempt to get, you know, mail, mail ballots again, because I think that's the only way that they can, they can <laughs> win is to light and lie and cheat so their way to, uh, to a win. Right. Right. They're so retarded. It's like, we've seen this. They're literally the dumbest people on God's green earth. Literally, literally the dumbest people. They, they've done this trick once. And what happened is that many of the States that they did this to the swing States, have already are in the process of either challenging the 2020 election still and or have in, in, enacted new voter registration rules. So a lot of these places where they've done this, you can't do it again. And number two, this is egregious. It's absolutely egregious, man. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to fly. I mean, you know, they're, they're sitting there and they're struggling, right, because they're trying to figure out, okay, yeah. what can we do to reverse – the course and the it, it, it's too late. There's just too many obstacles for them, whether it's whether it's their softening on crime. When you look at the crime data around the country, murder rates are up. Uh, home invasions are up. I mean, you name it statistically about everything. Everything is up. And it's part of that program of, of defund the police. So they they try to reverse that course. That's not working. They attempted to uh, to, to come back and say, hey, look, you know what? We're going to start opening things back up. We're going to do this and that. And and it's 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 game over. It's just it's too late. My, you know, one of the things I was thinking about last night was the fact that I I, I this would be a time like if I was thinking about a, a heading up a political party, maybe maybe even let's just say with the Republicans for for an example. Now's not the time to like just rest on your laurels, and and I'm afraid that that's what's happening is that it it it's become too easy to just sit back and pick on Joe Biden, right? I mean he he's the gift that keeps on giving. That's too easy to do, and for you know, people who are, are more of a uh, intellect or in terms of the electoral who are looking for different things or I, I want this is a great time to start fostering and feeding some ideas of what change needs to happen about what the vision is of the future and talk about. I don't want to hear that when we get in office, we're going to we're going to uh, arrest Joe Biden. I, I don't want this lock him up. I don't want lock her up narrative of 2020 to be framed into lock him up 2024 and and, I, and I'm afraid that's happening. And, and I, I know that the Republicans are just kind of are, are just sitting back and just 
watching the dim self-destruct. But I, I, th I think there needs to be consensus. Start putting together some ideas about, hey, you know what? If, if the Republicans do take charge, then Mitch McConnell cannot be the majority speaker. You know, Kevin McCarthy, yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe he could be the minority or the, the uh, House Speaker of the House. But start forming some of these things now and, and, and put the plans together in place and the ideas some changes. We're going to you know put some, you know, whatever, whatever potentially it's going to be, whether it's it's, hey, taking a look at, uh, you know, the, the our, our energy sector, taking a look at our, our, our food supply, taking a look at our our manufacturing manufacturing sector, not just to sit back and, and uh, you know, and, you know, because I watch a lot of different news programs, but it's just it's just too easy to continue picking apart Biden and the Dems, I, I want to start hearing some ideas and, you know, shifting the conversation to some leadership forming of, of what the uh, cycle looks like in terms of, of America and the, the projection that we're going. And if, and if we can't do those things, um, then let's, let's stop calling ourselves the United States of America. Let's, let's change it to the divided States of the Amer of America and continue uh, the conversations around, um, you know, the balkanization of, uh, of our, of our country be, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just, it's just too easy. You know, I, the other day I, I was laughing. It was funny where the Easter bunny had to redirect uh, Biden because somebody, Oh my God. <laughs> and everyone's like, I wonder what, what agent, Secret Service agent is under yeah. the Easter Bunny? Hey, Mr. President, I'm the Easter Bunny. Way. Oh, oh, yeah, it's the Easter Bunny. Okay. Uh. Dude, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, 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 it remarkably is. And, you know, because nothing's really changing, you know, uh, in, in regards to what's happening, you know, in D.C. They're, you know, they're talking about this new uh, massive spending bill, you know, once again, because that's the only way that they can keep this economy afloat is just to continue the massive uh, spending bills that are, that are being uh, proposed out there and, and they, they can deem it what they want, you know, infrastructure, you know, or however they want to spend it be. But at, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's not going to work. And uh, I was listening to a, a good podcast that, uh, you know, Peter Schiff had, and he was talking you know, about how, you know, the fed was supposedly start tapering back a little bit. Like, you know, they said at the beginning of, of January that, Hey, listen, we're going to start tapering back. We're going to stop with the overnight repos. We're, we're, we're going to start leveraging and changing things. And, and they haven't because why? Because they can't there. I can't remember the amount of volume of money that that was pumped out. And of course, it's like the big three. It's like the the two big to fail financial institutions that they continue propping up like JP Morgan uh, was one of the largest um, takers of those funds. And, and it's, again, it's just, you know, to feed the, the the failed derivative markets that are that are out there, V. Absolutely, man. This is all latest from Tucker. I don't know if you saw this, Siege. Siege? Yeah, I'm here. I, I, which one is this one, V? I don't know. I'm going to play this. Today, knowing what we know about our current leadership class, the one thing we can be absolutely certain of is they always go too far. They yep. always get over their skis. They just can't help themselves. That's who they are. So in February, when the Russian military invaded Ukraine, there was always out there the chance that the Biden administration would find a way to turn what was a regional tragedy into something bigger, like a historical global catastrophe. That was always possible. So even before Russian forces entered the Ukraine, the White House promised us that would not happen. Quote, there is no intention or interest or desire by the president to send troops to Ukraine. That was the word from Biden's publicist from the White House. She said the very same thing almost identically the next month. The month after that, she said it again. Quote,
Joe Biden does not have the intention of sending U.S. troops to Ukraine, Jen Psaki solemnly pledged to the nation. Why did Jen Psaki keep saying the same thing over and over? Well, because it wasn't true. She had to repeat it because it was a lie. That's how lying works. It's not believable, so you have to say it again and again and again. If you want to know if someone's lying, count the times they assert something. The more often they assert it, the less likely it is to be true. But ultimately, the truth does come out. And this weekend, it began to. Joe Biden's top surrogate in the Congress, that would be Senator Chris Coons of Delaware, a former Biden intern, appeared on CBS News and said the opposite of what the White House has been telling us for months. Coons demanded that the Pentagon deploy American troops to Ukraine to fight Russian soldiers. Watch. In some public remarks this week, you said um, the country needs to talk about when it might be willing to send troops to Ukraine. If Vladimir Putin, who has shown us how brutal he can be, is allowed to just continue uh, to... Look at this brain-dead fuckboy. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. This guy who would shit his pants if he was walking down a dark alley is willing to emulate your sons and daughters on a faraway battlefield in a country that none of them could even find on a map. But he's willing to do it. Why is he willing to do it? Because this low IQ moron has been raised on over 60 years of American propaganda. What do I mean by that? We are exceptional. We are indispensable. We are inevitable. We are the city on the hill. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light in the darkness. We are not an empire. We are a force for good. We never lose a war. We are the greatest military in the world. Our economy is the biggest in the world. Oh, everything we do is amazing. Yeah. This is what happens when you have that kind of propaganda. You create morons like this. Now, what is this man's expertise? He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer, Siege. He's a lawyer. He has no expertise. Just like... Just like the new morons over here, right? You have the idiots in, 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 in BlackRock, Larry Fink, right? He's, he's out there setting uh, energy policies. You think Fink knows anything about energy? No, 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 no. He's just a finance. So you got to understand, folks, why. You see, what the Saker, our buddy the Saker, calls Zone B countries, or I like to call the multipolar world. In the multipolar world, Scientists and engineers and, and real businessmen and real generals are what makes up the, conti the, 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 the contingency of the political class, right? It makes up the, the, the height, the breadth, and the depth of who the political leadership is in these respective countries. We have a serious problem. Our entire socio-economic, political, or political economic system is based on lawyers and bankers, liars and conmen. One set of profession is, is finding out loopholes to exploit and lying about everything.
The other is also finding about loopholes and lying about everything, but also how to extract as much wealth from you, the American public, as possible. You get these two groups of miscreants together, what's going to happen is the absolute worst of humanity. And this is what you have in exceptional. Exceptional stand cannot create anything. Folks, you know, this morning I was, uh, you know, got done working out and I was taking a shower and I was thinking to myself, as I often do, Siege, I was thinking about the great American industry or the lack thereof. And I was thinking about what are the, the epitomes, the zenith, the, the apex of American innovation. And it's Silicon Valley, CJ. Silly. S- not Silicon as an S-I-L-I-C-O-N, but Silicon. Mm. S-I-L-L-Y hyphen C-O-N. Silicon. And if you want to know the mindset of Silicon Valley and how stupid Silicon Valley is and how gullible Silicon Valley is and how idiotic the American investor class is. All you need to do is do a thorough case study on what has happened with this company called Theranos. You all remember Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, right? The girl who faked sounding like Steve Jobs. Mm. I mean, she even got the black turtleneck and and blue jeans, and she'd walk on stage. It was the the college dropout with the innovative way of creating lab tech. It was all vaporware and bullshit, but people bought into it. Idiots like the 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 voice of Omaha, right? The voice of Omaha himself, Warren Buffet. Buffet bought into it. So did uh, the general Mad Dog Mattis. Mad Cow Mattis, right? And all the other morons. All these other investor class, the best of American, blah, blah, blah. Idiots. Bought into it. They pumped uh, that stock, made into a billion-dollar company. Wall Street bid into it. It was all bullshit. It was a young, sociopathic girl fooled all of them. All of them. Hell, she even faked her voice, Siege. In, in private, hi, my name is Elizabeth Holmes. And all of a sudden, you get her in front of a car. We are going to revenue. This is her, Elizabeth Holmes, in public. Only if you use the power of medical testing. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. They all fell for it. And if you look at Silicon Valley, ooh, I mean, literally... I'm talking to people, and and it flies by my desk all the time. Hey, V, you know what? Uh, I got CEOs and COOs and CFOs and all these other executive class, executive suite idiots. Give me a call. Tell me how wonderful the metaverse is and how I should invest and how we should do something in the metaverse and blah, blah, blah. Folks, let me explain something. The metaverse exists only in the broke, dilapidated, insolvent West. The rest of the world, the multipolar world, the real world is too busy creating wealth, industry, and economy, and civilization. Right? The broken, solvent West is like, oh, I can be a, a, a Star Wars stormtrooper in the metaverse. Let me go do it. 
And what does Silicon Valley do? You look at what Silicon Valley puts out. 99% vaporware, 99% products with, with hyper valuation, right? Hyper valuation, hyper, hyper valuation. You got companies in there. What does this product do? It's revolution. I mean, you hear the catchphrase, the same stupid catchphrase. Next gen, revolutionary, game changer. It, I mean, you name it. We all know the catchwords. Oh, this company, it revolutionizes the way dog food is delivered to your house. Really? And we have a, a $200 billion valuation. So your social media platform for dogs and cats to communicate with each other has more value than ExxonMobil that pumps hydrocarbons which is the lifeblood of every productive economy on God's green earth, and we be the lifeblood of every productive economy on God's green earth going forward for decades to come. Your, your social media platform for dogs and cats is worth more than that. Yes, V, you don't understand. It's what it is. This is where we are. This is where we are. This is how we make bullshit products like the F-35. This is how we make bullshit aircraft carriers as a Gerald R. Ford, which cannot land or take off any airplane, CJ. Did you know that? We have an aircraft carrier that can't carry airplanes. <laughs> Imagine that. We have a next-generation stealth battleship, right? It's the fifth-generation stealth battleship. The, 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 and what happens? On, on its maiden voyage, the damn thing breaks down to the Panama Canal and had to be towed. <laughs> <laughs> so this... But this idiot, but don't tell this idiot that. This idiot right here on the screen. Don't tell this bald-headed fuckboy what that is, right? He's sitting there telling you exactly that we need to nuke Russia, and he has semen dripping off the corner of his mouth, right? And he's telling you that you should send your best, your brightest, your kid, your, your son, your daughter to go emulate themselves in front of a, a Russian hypersonic zircon Kinzel or an Iskander. Go em uh, go emulate. Okay? But this 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 cum swilling knee pad wearing fluffer won't do one thing. Right? This this anal obsessed humper will do nothing. This do you understand folks? Look at this. You want to know what evil looks like? Look at this guy. This is evil. This is a guy who needs to be run over by a tank. But yet he's out there on fash, fash the nation. Fash the nation. Right? And he's there and he's trying to hold the semen in his mouth and, and talk at the same time. He just probably piped off Henry Kissinger. Maybe he spent some time uh, on, uh, on Warren Buffet or any one of these guys. And he's, he's here. He's here. He's going to tell you what to do. To massacre civilians, to commit war crimes um, throughout Ukraine. This man, part of a system, okay, that has hijacked our country, that is doing things in our name, which has a body count that will make Auschwitz and the Holocaust look like a Sunday school picnic. Folks, the American body count is probably anywhere between six and ten million, for all we know, globally. And that is from not only direct kinetic action due to war, 
but also starvation and death and you know death through starvation and disease caused by sanctions uh, without nato without the west uh, coming more forcefully to it fuck the west as aid um, i great i i deeply worry that what's going to happen next is that we will see ukraine turn into syria ukraine has always been syria Folks, when this whole entire Maidan thing happened, I was one of the first people on the air because I had people on the ground in Ukraine. My buddy Charles was right there in Ukraine when the whole damn thing was going down. My favorite, my famous catchphrase in 2014, Ukraine, where the dollar goes to die. Damn, I hate being prophetic. And I told you it's a failed state. Ukraine has always been a failed state. It is a country run by warlords and oligarchs. And that's only been hyper, hyper polarized even more and gotten more hyperbolic ever since the fall, ever since the Maidan. And now it's a narco trafficking hub. It's a human trafficking hub. It's a child trafficking hub. It's unbelievable. The American people cannot turn away from this tragedy in Ukraine. I think the history of the 21st century turns on how fiercely mm -hmm. we defend freedom. And how fiercely we defend freedom. Put on that mask. Forced vaccinations. Lockdowns. But we have to fiercely defend freedom. Ukraine, Fuck you. And that Putin will only stop when we stop him. Without the West coming more forcefully to the aid of Ukraine. So the Ukrainian military has been trained by NATO. It uses American arms. By the way, the, the Ukrainian military is completely been wiped out and decimated. I have, I have photographs of, 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 of coke, lines of coke sitting on Zelensky's desk. The amount of coke this guy's doing is ridiculous. He's, he's doing enough coke to kill a horse. <laughs> okay. Zelensky is recruiting 12-year-old boys to go to the front and fight. Is that a sign of a professional army? Folks, they're lying to you. People are telling you Ukraine's win. Ukraine's always been losing. They, they were falling apart from day one. It was over in, in less than five days. The battle was already over. What the Russians were doing is a cleanup job. And then the Western paid and bought and paid for a prostitute media We'll, we'll show video clips of, of a Russian column of tanks or armored personnel carriers coming down the road and then getting ambushed, and then the Russian armored personnel carriers going back the way they came. And they're like, look, the Russians are retreating. They're chicken. They're scared. No, they're trying to mitigate as much damage to civilian infrastructure as possible because these asshole Azov and, and all the neo-Nazi brigades and the Ukrainian military morons who are trained by NATO – they're doing a trip, typical NATO thing. What is a typical NATO thing? Use civilian in infrastructure as a shield. Use civilians as a shield because we want to make it look. Look, war in the West is about narrative. They don't care about human lives. That's why most Americans don't have any clue how many millions of people have been killed and displaced by the wars in the Middle East. They don't care. It's never told to you by your damn media. They never told to you during the you know the last fifty years we overthrew thirty democratic elected country uh, you know democratically elected governments in thirty some odd different countries. We didn't tell you that. They ain't gonna tell you any of that. They ain't gonna tell you the body count. But you have freedom. You say the wrong thing. You get deplatformed. You get your life turned upside down. But you have freedom. 
Let's keep listening. In some cases, being led by Americans. The Ukrainian government is advised directly moment to moment by Americans. There are many Americans in Ukraine right now doing that. So what Chris Coons is calling for is land war with Russia. Land war is something America sucks at. I will, I will repeat myself again. The American mode of war is zero effect against a modern technological foe, and I will debate anybody to the teeth. Anybody. Americans suck at continental warfare. What does America do? Well, we spend the first two to three months bombing the shit out of a third world country, and then when everything's decimated and we have air superiority... Then we send in the military, and they do a half-assed job of trying to secure the place. We battle it out. We maybe control the capital, just like what we did in Baghdad, just like what we did in, in, in Afghanistan with Kabul. We hold, and we call the capitals that we control the green zone. And then after spending tens of trillions of dollars trying to stabilize the place, wasting money, doing more money laundering for insiders, we then realize that we're, we're losing the entire region. We then start negotiating with the people that we were fighting with in the first place. Well, then we hightail it out of there, and we call it a victory. That is not how other countries fight wars. It's not. Recently, a good buddy of mine sent me an article. Okay, sent me a, an article. Uh, this was a few years ago. The British... Air Force with their Eurofighters, all right, the Typhoons, great aircraft, beautiful aircraft, one of my favorite aircraft, one of the, you know, part of the Euro Canards, right, the, the Eurofighter Typhoon, right, the French Dessau, Rafale, another one of the Euro Canards, and of course the Saab Griffin, another Euro Canard, right, and so the Brits went over to India. And folks, remember I told you guys this, back in uh, 2008, they had the COPE India exercises between the United States Air Force and the Indian Air Force. See, guess who won that, 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 that uh, contest? Let me guess, it wasn't us, V. Nope. We had our asses handed to us. The Indians had an 8 to 1 kill ratio. That means for every Indian aircraft that America shot down, the Indians took out 8. Then the Indians went ahead against and they faced the RAF. And the Eurofighters, if you don't know anything about the Eurofighters, right, the Eurofighters are known to take out F-22s during the red flag exercises that they do in Alaska. They have the red flag exercises, NATO countries get together, and you can actually see German and British Eurofighter typhoons having the stamp of the silhouette of the F-22 Raptor stamped on the side of their fuselage right next to the 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 pilot's canopy right ne right next to the of the cockpit canopy you'll see the silhouette stamped of the um the uh, F22 so the eurofighter is a known F22 killer it can in the right hands of the right pilot it can take out a raptor not a, not an issue so they took the eurofighter and they threw it again against the uh Indian Su30 MKIs. And for those to give you a visual representation, let me show you what an MKI looks like. Okay. The Su-30 MKI. Beautiful airplane. 
Beautiful, beautiful airplane. What's stunning? Okay. So this is what the Indians were. This is a Russian made, and we'll get back to talking in a sec. I like talking about hardware. I love this stuff. All right, here we go. The Indians flew this bad boy right here. Okay, this is the um the Su 30 MKI. This is what it looks like. It's got canards, incredible maneuverability. It is a hell, hell of an airplane. Okay. The so the, the Brits showed up. You know what the kill ratio was? What's that? You know how bad the Brits lost? Ten to one. Twelve to nothing. Holy shit. <laughs> they literally ran, the Indians ran a perfect, perfect kill ratio. Perfect. Twelve to one. And then jackoffs like this moron who think we're the best. Folks, let me explain something to you. When you've offshored your industry for decades. And when your entire sciences and engineering department goes woke and the only thing that anybody that goes into your STEM research today is not about, hey, how I can advance space exploration. Hey, how I can push these the, the envelope in medical research and biotechnology and this, that, and the other. And it all becomes about how I can make the next app so I can sell it to Apple and Google. You're done. You're absolutely done as a country. When you outsource your physical production of your, of, your, of your economy, you lose forever the knowledge and the know-how on, on how to make it. This is why we cannot fight a modern war today, and we suck at land war. We've always sucked at land warfare. There's no way we could fight a continental war. And guess who's really good at land warfare? Guess who's the best in the world at land warfare? The Ruskies. The Russians. Now, that's not a small thing, given that, once again, Chris Coons is Joe Biden's closest ally in the Senate. Chris Coons is an unfailing and faithful spokesman for the administration's policies, whatever those policies happen to be. So when Chris Coons calls for war with Russia, he does not do it accidentally. And in this case, the White House has not distanced itself from what Chris Coons said. Oh, why? Well, because war with Russia is the administration's actual policy. Leaders of the Democratic Party want to topple the Russian government by force and affect regime change in Russia. They have wanted this since the day that Hillary Clinton lost the 2016 presidential race. We know this because they've said so many, many times. And the only reason the rest of us missed it is because we didn't take them seriously enough. But we should have. A hot war with Vladimir Putin using American troops is the logical, maybe inevitable end stage of Russiagate. So the whole thing began with Hillary Clinton complaining, then the P-tape, and now it's moving toward nuclear war. So what would that look like, a hot war with Russia? How many Americans would die during that war? All of them. All of them. Not, they, you're not floating one of your dilapidated battleships into the, into the Black Sea. You're not flying an F-35 or an F-22 or any other F-whatever in the airspace contested by Russia with S-400s and S-500s, backed by Su-35s, backed by Su-57s, Backed by Su-30s. Not happening. Not happening. And then interceptor capability provided by the MiG-31 Foxhound, the fastest airplane in service today. With missile capability that can hit a target 200 miles out. Over 200 miles out. Hypersonically. How likely is it to escalate to nuclear conflict? And if we succeed, if we remove Vladimir Putin from office, who will replace him as the head of Russia in charge of 6,000 nuclear weapons? Those are some of the first questions that jumped to me. 
Russians have over 6,000 nukes, and guess what? At least 80% of them are functional. America has about 5,200, 5,300 nukes. And people, experts will be surprised. Experts say that they will be surprised if even 20% of our nukes are actually even functional. Why? Because we don't really service them. And all the guys who service them, they retired. And all the woke faggots who took over, they don't know how what they're doing. They don't know where to begin with it. Mind when War with Russia is discussed. But the newsreader on CBS, who was interviewing Chris Coons, didn't bother to ask any of those questions. Nor did she ask the one thing you would need to know if you were running a functioning democracy, which is how many Americans, how many voters actually want war with Russia? What percentage of the American population believes that Ukraine's borders are worth dying for? That's a central question. In a right, because you know they want the Ukraine. We got to fight for Ukraine's border siege. We got it. But our borders, yes, our borders are wide open, bro. That's what's important, siege. Oh, man, I tell you, I tell you, it's it's insanity, man, insanity. Democracy, and as it happens, we know the answer because CBS itself ran a poll on that topic just a week ago. Oh, yeah. And they asked this question: Should the United States send troops to Ukraine? Answer, fully 75% of Americans said no, the United States should not send troops to Ukraine. And yet somehow the CBS newsreader forgot to mention any of this to Chris Coons. Why? Well, you know why. Because in Washington, what you think is irrelevant. Our foreign policy matters of life and death, decisions that destroy nations, are made entirely by people with no skin in the game, people who face no conceivable risk of injury, people like John Bolton and Max Boot, Toria Newland. Your opinion doesn't factor into the equation at any point. So if you bothered to ask American citizens what they think, and if you cared about democracy, you would, they'd likely tell you that their borders are more important to them than Ukraine's borders are. That makes sense because they're Americans, not Ukrainians. And if you ask deeper, you would find out that at the very top of their concerns is not Ukraine. They feel sympathy for the people of Ukraine, but they're not taking up too much disk space brooding about Ukraine moment to moment because they have other things to worry about, starting with their own economy, especially the cost of food, energy, and housing. They're worried about these things, and they're right to be worried. At this point, the United States is looking at a grim economic picture. Before you pull out that credit card. Now, we all know about fuel prices and all that being high, right? Now watch this, right? The, 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 look at the inflation that we're seeing across a lot, okay? And this was between February and March. This has already gone up even higher, another 15, 16%. Yep. Okay? Yep. Supply chain issues. I mean, now I mean, you have fertilizer being held up by rail lines in the West that cannot make it out for spring, uh, you know, growing season. 2023, there's going to be food shortages. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you all right now. Siege, what do you think? I think you're spot on. I think you're, yeah, I think definitely the fourth quarter this year, uh, we'll start to see a little bit and then it'll get worse as it projects into next year because most inventories are probably already projected and built into the supply chain. Uh, but as they go to backfill some of those inventories and relieve that based upon consumer demand, it's, it's going to impact uh, the following year. Uh, that's you know again just i think that that's what's going to happen uh but there's there's no there's no doubt because they're trying to curtail and and uh, impact and and figure out how how can we re reduce or slow down the inflation rate well literally you can't there's it's 
it, it's unhinged at this point. It, when when you see uh, the massive creation of debt that that's happened, and not not just the past year, but over the past you know basically since two thousand and eight, all that free flow, that money supply that's out there, and and you know they've they've taken the market, the stock market is not necessarily as high as they can, but look at all the money that's been funneled into there. So so now you're yeah. looking at that that inflation going from Wall Street to Main Street, V. Oh yeah, oh yeah unbelievable man and on top of the energy prices on top of all the bs food and energy folks it's already at the levels you're going to start seeing arab spring like events happening all throughout the developing world all throughout the developing world all the while this moron uh what's his name is going to uh joe joe blow is going to be out there selling you that it's putin's price hike yeah Right. And, and, and hence, hence the reason why, you know, again, in, you know, safeguarding, you know, the border, it, you know, we will see a lot of the third world, the, the underdeveloped countries, people try to flee to to the yep. United States. That's inevitably what's, you know, what we'll, what we'll witness uh, taking place. And I think I think Mexico is a very interesting situation altogether. And I think we really need to keep our, our eye on it. Be in, in yeah. particular, I think we could see some type of a uh, an Arab Spring, some type of. A, a coup attempt to disrupt the development that and that Russia has had there in Mexico. Uh, there's there's right. numerous projects that uh, that Russia has uh, with Mexico, and I think the United States is starting to put more of a concentrated effort here. Recently, there's been an uptick in the the violence of the cartels and everything. V, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there's some type of agreement drawn where. We, we see, the, again, the pressure relieved at the border that allows more drugs to freely cross come across in, a, in an agreement that, look, we allow this and, and we need more chaos. And we need more disruption of, of things in, in Mexico uh, to really kind of undermine the, the, the political um, events. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I, I really could could see that potentially happening oh, yeah. uh, because, again, you know, Mexico has everything it needs to do, and in, in, in regards to the the amount of of silver uh, that it has in in their their manufacturing capabilities, the the shift, how many you know manufacturing facilities we we've offshored them, the the developments that they're having with uh, with with Russia that's taking place. So that's right in our back door, and and I have a, a dude. Good. I mean, listen to what like Saker put. I mean, this he says you know a week ago Amlo fulfilled his promise to the electorate. And what has generally called a recall vote, simply if you don't like what, what I do, you can recall me right now and we'll have a new election. It's a direct democratic action. He won by an astonishing 91.86% of the vote, man. Wow. And what are they doing? Mexico's going back to, they've already passed a referendum to get their energy reserves back under their national control, their energy infrastructure back under their national control. When Uncle Schmuel, when Uncle Schmuck finally croaks and dies, you're going to see Mexico become one of the most prosperous, wealthy countries in the entire Western Hemisphere. It's an economic powerhouse waiting to explode. No doubt, Siege. Yeah, so again, I, I think we will see certain agencies potentially leverage the cartels um, to, to disrupt things there and, and the increase in violence. Uh, I think we'll, you know, they'll see, we'll begin to see a lot more of that take place and uh, Texas needs to do everything it can right now, uh, boost up their their security along the border, New Mexico as well. 
um, look at maybe expanding their the, the National Guard there uh, because it's going to get very interesting dynamics as this you know evolves. And, and, and I guarantee you that they're already thinking months ahead as it relates to Mexico, Russia uh, development and how to disrupt that V. Yep, and not only with Russia, with China as well. China's making massive inroads in in, um, in Mexico as well. You know, there's a great report about what's happening in Mexico recently. Here we go. This is why you have all this. This is why the cartels are on full tilt. The CIA controlled. The CIA supported. The CIA funded cartels. Hola, qué tal, amigos, amigas. Vamos llegando aquí a San Lázaro, en donde ya cientos de personas. Sí, can you translate that for us? <laughs> <laughs> Blow the screen up. There you go. They are moving to get their energy independence and their utilities and their energy infrastructure away from private corporations that are bankrolled by the U.S. and back into the hands of the people. This is what they did in Bolivia before they tried to run that coup, which eventually failed, right? Where Bolivia's water supplies were about to be tapped by a subsidiary of, of, of the, connected to Nestle. And that got overthrown. Where people are drinking water for free, now all of a sudden they're being charged to drink water. And you got the CEO of Nestle saying, drinking water should be a privilege. Look, look, look. This is sick, man. Not only that, but also uh, water, electricity, you name it, is, is, is being recaptured for the people. And of course, you know, some people who don't know their geostrategic outlook will be like, that's ah, a socialist move. No, dude, they're doing what's best for their people. Uh, that's what it is. Well, in particular, if they peg the Today, they peg the peso to the to, to silver, backed by uh, silver, bingo. you know, if they're which is they are they are so damn rich in pro silver capital of the world. Yeah, if they can, if they can, you know, convert. I mean, for years, how dominant the dollar's been, you know, on the peso with to the peso. Hence the reason why uh, a lot of Mexicans that come to the United States they they get paid in in cash and they 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 send the the dollars back to Mexico for their families because they can. It, it goes a lot further there than than here, but that essentially that's probably going to change. It'll it'll evolve, but yeah, it's just it, it's an interesting dynamics. But I, I imagine uh, there, that there's going to be if Mexico were announced to say, hey, look, you know, we're going to start doing uh, more training or more drills or or buy Russian weaponry. <laughs> oh God, my God! You, you, you would see what what uh, what's happening in Ukraine. It would be <laughs> we wouldn't care about it then. V. We would we'd find a way to say, hey, you know what? Mexico needs some more freedom. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, exactly right, man. I'll tell you right now. I mean, the day they allow China and Russia to come in and start investing in, in, in Mexico and they allow Russian Spetsnaz to operate in that country is the day the cartels come to an end. Oh, yeah. 
Everybody, look, when I was in, you know, Central and South America, and I'm traveling about when I did a few, you know, investor conferences over there, um, Russians have a reputation. People literally say, hey, man, if you think you're going to get kidnapped, just take out your cell phone and start talking like some Russian words to leave you alone. That's a known thing. <laughs> That's a known thing. People understand they're not like Americans. They don't F around, man. They really don't. Here we go. Beware. If you don't pay it off in full, your interest rate is probably about to jump. The Federal Reserve, the nation's central bank, is expected to raise rates by a quarter point today as it tries to throw cold water on runaway inflation. Every time you go and shop, every like a price of something has gone up by so much. It's insane. Every American shopper has seen it firsthand. Clothing up six and a half percent, food up eight and a half percent, electricity up nine percent. It's only going to get worse. You see the gravy train that the brain-dead American has been living on for the last 60 years is about to fall off the track. It's about to derail itself. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And um, the, the, the party's coming to an end. You see, we all thought we're the indispensable nation. No, 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 no. You're very, very, very dispensable. We had a great responsibility after World War II to help rebuild the world in a fair way and to create a, an open system, an open, um, um, uh, open modeled economic system that is modular where other countries could plug into it, which is the vision of our founding fathers. That's the, that was the vision of 1776. You know, Matthew Eric will be on today at 2 p.m. to talk about it further, amongst other things, right? But instead of taking that wonderful responsibility, what we do, we squandered it. We allowed foreign interests and foreign capital and private interests and private capital to hijack the name America, to hijack the government. And now we all, you know, because as long you know, it's my foreign no more. And we all enjoyed the quote unquote quality of life and the quote unquote American dream, the quote unquote American lifestyle. We all thought it was cute. After all, Bolivia, where the hell is that? Who cares? Who cares about Chile? Who cares about Ecuador? Who cares about some country in sub-Saharan Africa? Who cares about the Middle East? That's there. That's not Main Street, USA. Well, folks, there's an old saying. You can never break God's laws. You could only confirm them. In other words, what goes around comes around. And what is happening right now, it's not the chickens coming home to roost, my friends. It is the absolute fire-breathing dragons that are coming home to roost. And they're going to scorch us to oblivion. Used cars up 41% and gasoline up nearly a buck 50 from a year ago. Milk, flour, sugar, um, like cartons of. Middle class is finished. Middle class is finished. If you're not potting, plotting, and, and, and every day of your life waking up scheming, and you don't have a, some, some nest egg put away somewhere, you don't, you're not in the right asset classes, whether it's precious metals, cryptos, whatever have you. You're about to get vaporized in the next three to five years. You got three years, okay? If, if you know, five years if you're really lucky, but definitely in the next two to three years, you want to be 
in a different financial position. You want to create as many multiples of income streams as you possibly can because right now, I'll tell you right now, time is your enemy, man. Time is your enemy. The middle class in the Western world in America is about to get wiped. Oil, like frying oil, that's been insane. That's like tripled in price. So that's been crazy. The highest inflation in 40 years. Highest inflation in 40 years. Those are the official numbers, which of course bear no resemblance to the day-to-day -day reality. Everything is much more expensive, and that's especially true of the big things. The big things are the most expensive of all. Now, why is that? Simple. The declining power of U.S. currency has created an unprecedented asset bubble. That means investors around the world are rushing to convert increasingly worthless U.S. dollars into objects that might hold value over time. Oh, we'll print $8.4 billion trillion. What could go wrong? Damn, Putin. That is his fault that inflation's up. <laughs> Putin's inflation, V. It's Putin's inflation. Come on. <laughs> Damn, Putin. Dude, it's, it, it, it's nuts. Okay, it's nuts. I, I mean, I'm a watch collector. There are certain watches that have gone to obscene, irrational levels of valuation. Case in point, <clears throat> last year Rolex released their new model uh, Rolex Oyster Perpetual. These were coming out of the market MSRP $7,000 watches. They're going for north of like $25,000 now. Because people are buying it up thinking it's going to hold value, right? They're hyperinflating watches. They're hyperinflating art. They're hyperinflating. I mean, there are people that are spending, you know, $60 million on a, on a GIF of a rock and calling it an NFT, thinking it's going to have value. And it's insane. It makes no sense. I've seen a Patek Philippe watch. That had a, um, you know, it's one of them that's in my in my collection. It's like, you know, this was at one point a forty thousand dollar watch, MSRP. It's now going for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's insanity. It's insanity. Yeah, you know, there are some pieces that I that I that I had that I sold at. I was like, all right, I'm going to sell this now because it's it's worth sixty thousand dollars. I'm I'm going to just get rid of it. I'm going to sell it off. And then I checked back after I sold it. Like here I am, months later, that piece I sold is, is like, a hundred grand now. I mean, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, I mean, and you know, retailers are gonna react. I mean, obviously, we're a very retail-driven uh, economy, and based upon not only you know, the labor trends, right? I mean, look at the labor trends the past year and a half. I, I, I still continue to be amazed. I'm seeing like Mike's car wash. It's, it's a, it's a local Jeez. car wash here. They're offering starting pay, like a, you know, 20 bucks an hour. And that's for like a high school kid. Right. And you're Dude, seeing, insane, you're seeing all man. these, these uh, inflationary measures take place for them to try to recruit, you know, talent uh, to their, their businesses. So therefore you're going to see operational prices increase with that. And, and what takes place is then they start to look at margins and you know you, they're not going to go to 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 their uh, investors or or go to uh, Wall Street and present and say, oh, by the way, our 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 margins are we project our margins to go down two or three percent 
due to these things. No, they're not going to do that. And how they recapture that margin is in, in the form of price increases. And, you know, there's no forecast, no business plan that's going to be mapped out to say, hey, by the way, we plan for, for next year for us to have revenue depleted by three <clears> or four percent. So therefore, we're going to see yeah. that that inflation there. And and potentially it might for just a short period, we might see that retail sales increase. But that increase is not driven on volume. It's specifically driven on the increase in, in price. Uh, but I think it, it, it's going to be short because, again, as discretionary inflation uh, and, and, and discretionary spending takes place, you'll see the sales decrease uh, in time because, again, people will no longer to be afford to, you know, maybe maybe instead of buying fillets or, or ribeyes, they're starting to buy more sirloin or, or hamburger meat. Uh, you'll start to see that take place where eventually the, those sales, uh, the sales volume will, will decrease. And man, I tell you what, it's just, it's, it's going to get crazy. So just, just, just buckle up and it's just, things are just, just getting started B. Absolutely. It is just getting started. Let's finish up with that. So anything tangible costs a lot more, a lot more than it did a year ago. And there's no mystery in this. This is exactly what happens when you pump too much money into an economy the money becomes worth less. So where is this going? How is it going to unfold? Nobody believes the interest rate rises we're seeing will get inflation under control quickly. So what happens? Well, at some point, consumers will begin to run out of cash to spend. Assets will become too expensive to buy, and the average person will have less money to buy them. At the same time that prices are rising, so are taxes. Property taxes are rising in many places in tandem with the real estate bubble. So even if you didn't buy a new house, you'll suffer because of that. State income taxes have risen dramatically in places like New York. So they're getting it from both ends. And that means that some people, maybe a lot of people, will start to go broke. And as they do go broke, they'll be forced to curtail what they buy. In an economy driven largely by consumer spending, this is a very scary trend. When people stop buying things, the crash comes. So you can see very clearly where this is going. Everyone in Washington understands exactly where it's going. But instead of taking real steps to fix it, like stop writing these massive spending bills, they're taking everything they can, all the money still on the table, while there still is money. Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, declared last week, for example, that, quote, we must redouble our efforts to decarbonize our economy. <laughs> Another brilliant genius. Freeze to death and starve. Basically, is what they're telling us, Siege. Ah, oh, gosh, crazy, absolutely cr decarbonize. crazy to hear economists. I want Janet Yellen to decarbonize. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what does that mean exactly? How do you decarbonize an economy? Well, by spending trillions in new stimulus spending on renewable energy schemes that, by the way, are owned by the Chinese government and Democratic donors. See how that works? You pass the cash around while it still exists. Another name for this is looting. It cannot go on forever by definition. Because if the economy tanks, everything resets. Not just the economic questions. There could be genuine social and political volatility. Our current conversation can only happen in a country that still believes itself to be rich. But once the country doesn't think it's rich, everything changes. This tells you exactly why our leaders seem so jumpy. It's why they're more determined than ever to move the conversation away from economics, no talking about economics, and toward questions of race and obscure sexual politics. 
Every new moral panic they create, and they create them by the dozens, diverts attention away from themselves. They've been doing this for quite a while, since at least the financial crisis. Since that time, 2008, 2009, our leaders have been telling us over and over and over again, many books have been written about it, that the central divide in America, the seeping wound, the original sin, is race. And meanwhile, just giving you a, a little snippet. I'm becoming obsolete. How a high-tech solar plant found its way to bankruptcy. See, do you want to break this down? Yeah. Oh, this is so pertinent, yeah. this whole green energy nonsense. Right. Well, and you think that we, you know, lessons learned, right, With whether it's Alendra, although we, we've, see, we've been <laughs> down this road before in terms of these smart energy projects. And this one, I can't remember why this caught my radar, but it, I think recently they're going to attempt to, like, restart the, the, this energy. And this was a project that was in, in Nevada. Uh, this high-tech, quote-unquote, high-tech company came out and said, we're going to put 10,000 mirrors and and we're going to start a solar energy plant. You know, regardless, you know, so this was a huge cost. So so they began this, this massive uh, type of development of which most of the debt, uh, for, uh, $430 million was secure debt owed to the United States Department of Energy. It is seeking a settlement under the DOE. It will recover less than half of the original loan around 200 million, according to documents filed in U.S. bankruptcy court in Delaware. So again, we've seen this before. In 2008, an affiliate of Solar Reserve, different company, uh, took over the plant, issued a $730 million loan guarantee to help finance the 1 billion, uh, 110 megawatt concentration solar plant near uh, Tanapo, Nevada. It was described as the first deployment of solar power technology in the U.S. used molten salt as a primary heat transfer fluid. Um, long story short, the project failed. It only ever delivered about half amount of the energy that it projected. It ran way over in terms of that. We, we've seen this before. And, and look, look at the massive amount. So again, all the money that the, the government's going to put out is going to go to waste. No different. It's, it's like a cycle. So back in 2008, who did we see get bailed out? The banks, the banks, the, the, the hedge, fund, hedge funds, and they continue to get bailed out. So then what happened uh, here, here, you know, three years ago, the healthcare companies, the insurance companies, hospitals said, hey, we we need some money, too, because those money, you, you, you those funds you promised us during Obamacare, you you never delivered on that. And, and, and now we're bleeding. So here's 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 COVID. And here's here's all the funds from the federal government to prop those things up to the pharmaceutical companies. And now we're cycling again. The next pivot is you have now the military industrial complex putting their hands out and saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back in 2008, the banksters, you haven't given us a, a war. You just pulled out Afghanistan. So what do we do next? Well, guess what? How about millions of dollars in weapons that they're going to manufacture that we know that we know that within probably two to three days of them getting to Ukraine, they're going to get blown up. There's report after report coming <laughs> out that the, these weapon transfers that are, that are taking place literally are getting blown up like three or four days after they land in Ukraine. It's, it's just literally throwing yeah. money away. But you know what? Yep. That's what Washington, D.C. does best, V. Yep. And while the uh, woke faggots that run our country can't figure out how to build a, a proper solar facility, let me show you what China has done. Watch this. Okay. Behind me is China's first 100 megawatt class molten salt tower thermal power station, which is also called a supermural power plant. 
It is a 24-hour continuous power generation equipped with motor heat saving system. better look at this this is insane in China, almost 10 trillion kilowatts of power hit the ground every second. Yeah, well we got 10 trillion gender CJ. Beat that. <laughs> That's more than 3 times the output of all the power plants in the world. And here in the vast Gobi Desert in Gansu province, northwest China, they're trying to capture just a slice of that and put it to good use. Look at that. This, what you're seeing around me, was built in under two years. They started construction in 2016 and connected it to the grid in 2018, and ever since then, it's been in use. Now that beaming light source at the end of the road, brighter than the sun, we're gonna learn a lot more about that later in the video, so make sure you stick around to the end. Now this should give you a little bit of a sense of the scale of these things. They are absolutely enormous. And there are 12,000 of them in this solar farm. Literally the bottom of this is level with my head. When I saw pictures, I imagined it was gonna be like a similar size to me if I put my arms up. Right now, almost under the thermal tower, turn you around and it's a 1.6 kilometer stretch all the way down there to the end of the last solar panel. And it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. It is. Okay? And, and, and look at this. Watch this. China builds artificial man-made sun. Well, you know what, man? We design world-class dildos, CJ. So, <laughs> but they're made in China, though. Yes. We, but the the uh, the design of them, we 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 do it over here. See, the, 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 the fruit knobs and the woke faggots in the West that run our country, um, they want you, rather than looking at technology as a way to 
overcome the constraints and limitations of what we face today in terms of energy, in terms of being quote unquote green, right? They're just like, here's a solar panel and a windmill. Meanwhile, over there, they're like, you know, in, in the multipolar world, they're looking at fusion technology. They're looking at the next generation nuclear technology. They're looking at amazing next generation tech that is doing everything from greening the desert, right? They're already doing this. They're literally, the whole desert is, is, is being green. Watch this. And this sun, by the way, it, it burns as hot as the sun, and, and they had it running for, like, I don't know how many minutes. It's incredible, right? This is, like, insane. Look at this. This is, this is insane. Trees by... Look. Why can't China we do this? China is rebuilding the Great Wall. However, no longer do they need to build with stones, mortar, sand, and rubble designed to stop the enemy hordes. Nowadays, they build with trees. Just like the wall erected many years ago, the world's largest man-made forest should stop an enemy that China has been fighting for many years and which is no less dangerous than the problem of overpopulation. This enemy is the desert that occupies most of eastern China and continues to grow non-stop. Evaporation. People in Xinjiang grow vegetables without rain. What Xinjiang? Wait a minute, Siege. I thought there's a genocide taking place over there. Oh, yes. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, they're going to show us pictures of... Oh, look at that. That's not a grain harvester, CJ, that's feeding that area. They're grinding up humans at the concentration camp over there. <laughs> in terms of food supply, oh. a striking example of self-sufficiency can be seen in the Xinjiang region <gasps> in the northwest. Xinjiang! It's oh an God. almost desert region, but thanks to drip irrigation and technological systems... See, look how the Chinese government's killing those Uyghurs. <laughs> By turning their deserts green! <laughs> Die, Uyghurs, die! That reduce evaporation, people in Xinjiang grow vegetables. Yeah, eat tomatoes and grapes and die, you MFers. <laughs> you, you Uyghur scum. You Xinjiang Uyghurs. Without rain. What's the result? Tomatoes, garlic, onions, watermelons. <laughs> All things that that people shouldn't be eating and it's, it's a great way for these concentration camp victims to die cj melons and much more have received international recognition and can compete in taste with fruits grown in southern italy since every hectare of land is essential desertification has come a real problem and due to its high rate of spread is considerably one of china's major environmental issues Watch what they do. square miles a year up from 600 Mongolian railways, millions of dollars to separate 96 miles did. the southern as east three, and harvest most resistant trees such as poplar. Different teams are hired to plant them, and seeds are scattered from planes. Not only are professionals and volunteers involved in planting trees, but also Chinese officials, including ministers. In total, more than 500 million people partake in this noble event every year, while the number of planted trees reaches billions.
At this, this is, time, the project why can't aims to plant do this? 100 billion trees I mean, if we still care about the environment, right? See, Obviously. Right, right. If we care about the environment. And look, it went from desert to this, bro. Holy cow. Man. Okay? Man. If we still care about the environment, how come we're not researching thorium reactors? How come we're not researching thorium salt reactors? How come we're not researching how to green a desert? Look at Arizona. See, you used to live there. Yep. They have all sorts of water problems. Yep. For years. But, but 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 we like to you know prance around and talk about how free we are, like we're retarded, bro. It's it's so stupid, man. And look, I mean, there's so many videos like look, 2015, 2021. China is building another wall. Yeah. That's another remake. But yeah, let I me mean, look at this. desert to fort. I mean, video after video after video. They're actually doing this. How come we can't do it? No, no, no. We we have the same moronic political class. Yep. Oh man, it's like we're so behind on so many things, Siege. And I'm gonna stop over there, Siege. I can keep going on and on yep. and on, but I think I'm absolutely. Stop yeah, right there. we're back at 2 p.m. Right? 2 p.m. with Matt Eret. 2 p.m. Matthew Eret is on. Be here or be nowhere. 2 p.m. Get ready, folks. Let freedom ring. That's right, Queen Co. Cyber Queen Co. That's right. Let freedom ring. And we're out. We'll be back. Cheers.